Welcome to Language of God and to a special Lent reflection series where we're reading selected pieces from Wild Hope, Stories for Lent from the Vanishing by Gail Boss. I'm Colin Hugerwerf, the producer of the show. Wild Hope is a book of stories about wild creatures that are imperiled. Before we get to the reading, let's hear briefly from the author, Gail Boss. So many of these creatures, by writing about how they are amazing and beautiful, can't help but bring us to awe and wonder. And then if we learn about their suffering, can these stories crack open that husk and convict us of the suffering of God's beauty? I mean, isn't that what Holy Week is all about? The suffering of God's beauty. There you have it on the cross. Check out the first reflection in the series for even a little bit more context from Gail for where the book came from. The reflections from Wild Hope are grouped into five different weeks, with four creatures in each week, throughout the season of Lent, and four more during Holy Week. Gail decided to group the creatures for each week by the main threat to their survival, these categories echoing Matthew 25, insofar as you have done it to those without homes, without food, as you have visited the sick, you have done it unto the least of these, my brothers and sisters. I also tried in each portrait to bring it round to a seed of hope. And that seed of hope in each animal portrait, though it quickly devolves from the amazement and wonder at the creature to the shock and grief at its loss, I also tried to end with a seed of hope, which is the person or persons, the group, that are devoting their lives to the protection of these beautiful creatures. And they, to me, are the real hope of this extinction crisis, that they will devote their lives to them. We're reading one of the reflections each week throughout Lent. We'll end with an interview with Gail Boss on the last Thursday in Lent. We'll have a different staff person read each week. Faith Stultz is reading today. Week 3, The Homeless. North Atlantic right whale. She's called Kleenex, though the researchers looking for her don't know why. When first sighted in 1977, she was a young mother, guiding her first calf into the Bay of Fundy's summer pastures. In the decades since, she's nursed seven more calves in the birthing waters off of Georgia and Florida, lolling on her back, baby balanced on her belly in the sun. With 22 children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, she's a grand matriarch in the world's smallest population of great whales. But she hasn't mothered a calf since 2009. Researchers in the surveillance plane scanning the sea north of Cape Cod's toe on April 10, 2018, wanted badly to see Kleenex, and they were afraid to see Kleenex. It may seem easy to spot a creature the length of a school bus weighing 150,000 pounds and periodically sighing a V-shaped spume of mist 15 feet into the air, especially since right whales, more blubberous and thus more buoyant than any other cetacean species, spend more time at the surface, and lying still at the surface, like massive black logs, and often near shore. In fact, they were so near and numerous in the 1600s that the pilgrims claimed they could walk across Cape Cod Bay on the backs of right whales, one account tallied 29 harpooned in the bay on a single day in 1700. Conveniently, its two-foot-thick blubber undercoat made each corpse easy to float to shore for butchering. 
Boiled, the blubber yielded 1,300 gallons of lucrative oil. To whalers, these were, indeed, the right whales to hunt. Though they are still massive and slow, frequenters of surface and shore, they are not easy to spot. There are too few of them, maybe 400? Fewer than 100 are breeding females, and these are dying faster than the males. It's an equation trending toward extinction. Those who keep watch believe the species cannot afford to lose the fecund Kleenex. Staring from the plane on that April day, they searched for a break in the hypnotic chop and roll of the waves. A bus-sized shadow crowned with a white splotch that looks nothing like a Kleenex. Researchers recognize right whales by their splotches. Colossities, they're called. Raised patches of rough skin on the chin, upper lip, brow, and crown. Pale lice colonize these patches, helpfully eating drying skin and creating white-on-black shapes unique to each whale. Fiddle, Armada, Anchor, Starry Night, these whales wear their names plain as a tattoo. The researcher who named Kleenex, one of the first to be named, didn't record a reason. After hours in the air, someone called out, There! The pilot banked and a crew member called the hotline in Provincetown. Right whale, 1142, Kleenex, off Stell Wagon Bank, still entangled. When they last sighted her in 2014, the survey team saw a thick braided rope wrapped around Kleenex's upper jaw and the top of her head. Then she vanished. Each year since, they feared that one of the right whales found dead on a beach or floating at sea will be she. Of 2017's 17 corpses, one was her granddaughter, Couplet. Before the rope bound it, Kleenex could open her mouth wide enough to admit a swimming pool's worth of water. She could freely press her soft tongue, the size of a small car, against the roof of her mouth, streaming the water out through 500 baleen hanging from her upper jaw. Like eight-foot-long Venetian blinds fringed with bristles, the baleen trapped bushels of creatures the size of rice grains. Kleenex needs to eat a ton of these tiny animals every day. After nearly four years wrapped in heavy rope, the mountain of blubber at the base of her skull has sunk into a wrinkled ravine. Her once glossy black skin has dulled. She is slowly starving. Once before, Kleenex had been entangled. Then, rope wrapped the base of her tail. She flailed it off, but not before it left bright white scars, the other markings by which researchers identify 85% of surviving right whales. Ropes hang throughout their home range, connected to lobster and crab traps on the sea bottom. The lines rise to buoys that show fishermen where to find their catch. Each year, the ropes catch about 50 right whales. For most, like Kleenex, it will not be the first time. Even when not wrapped around their mouths, a rope's drag and the wound it opens drain these leviathans by ounces. Females, already straining their energy reserves trying to bear calves, die sooner. Keeping Kleenex in view, the aerial team directed a rescue boat to her. The boat crew's usual MO, attaching buoys to the entangled rope to keep a whale from diving while they cut her free, was futile here. Kleenex's shackle trailed no line for attaching a buoy. Bracing himself, the crew leader raised a crossbow. For two cold, windy days, they followed her, unable to get a clean shot. 
On the third day, she surfaced 50 feet away, head tilted to see them. Taking aim, the bowman froze, caught in her dark, liquid eye. Someone yelled, and he fired an arrow tipped with four razor-sharp blades at her head. The crew saw the blades split some of the rope strands before the great whale fled. Survey teams look for her still. They hope that in time the frayed ropes will fall away, in time to save her and the calves she could yet bear. Her species need every calf until researchers and fishermen design workable, affordable crab and lobster traps without the lines that mangle whales. Fishermen don't want to catch whales. They too have been caught in that dark, deep knowing eye. Thanks to Paraclete Press, who gave permission to use excerpts from Wild Hope. Wild Hope is by Gail Boss, with beautiful illustrations by David G. Klein. Find out more about the book in the link to the show notes. Language of God is produced by BioLogos. It has been funded in part by the Fetzer Institute, the John Templeton Foundation, and by individual donors and listeners who contribute to BioLogos. Language of God is produced and mixed by Colin Hugerwerf. That's me. Our theme song is by Breakmaster Cylinder. BioLogos offices are located in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in the Grand River Watershed. If you have questions or want to join in a conversation about this episode, find a link in the show notes for the BioLogos forum, or visit the website, biologos.org, where you'll find articles, videos, and other resources on faith and science. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.